We've talked before about the run of amazing movies that Pixar had in the early 2000s. Starting with Toy Story, the studio had nearly a decade of films that were about as perfect as any studios ever had. Their 2004 film was probably the peak of the studio, which could only be followed up by a movie about cars that talk. The film was a departure for the studio. It was building off a popular new genre, superheroes, and was the studio's first to be completely controlled by one writer and director, Brad Bird. It was also the first to feature a complete cast of human characters, which have been difficult for Pixar to animate up to this point. The human characters were only one of the technical challenges introduced in the film. Sequences involving broken glass, smoke, fire, and clouds all gave the animators trouble and the variety of locations and extended running time didn't help. Did the animation challenges undermine the film or does it remain incredible? We'll answer these questions as we discuss The Incredibles. No matter how many times you save the world, it always manages to get back in jeopardy again. Sometimes I just want it to stay saved. You know, for a little bit? I feel like the maid. I just cleaned up this mess. Can we keep it clean for for 10 minutes? This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I am Cody Lunsford, and I am joined as always by my two co-hosts. I thought you'd be back by 11. I said I'd be back later. I assumed you'd be back later. If you came back at at all. You'd be back later. Okay, well, I'm back, okay? Is this Rebel? It was just a little workout just to stay loose. You know how I feel about that, Bob. Darn you. We can't blow cover again. The building was coming down anyway. What? You knocked down a building? It was on fire, structurally unsound. It was coming down anyway. Tell me you haven't been listening to the police scanner again. Look, I performed a public service. You act like that's a bad thing. It is a bad thing, Bob. Uprooting our family again so you can relive the glory days is a very bad thing. Reliving the glory days is better than acting like they didn't happen. Yes, they happened. But this, our family, is what's happening now, Bob. And you are missing this. I can't believe you don't want to go to your own son's graduation. It's not a graduation. It's moving from the fourth grade to the fifth grade. It's a ceremony. It's psychotic. They keep creating new ways to celebrate mediocrity. But if someone is genuinely exceptional, then... This is not about you, Bob. This is about Dash. You want to do something for Dash? Then let him actually compete. Let him go out for sports. I will not be made the enemy here. You know why we can't do that. Because he'd be great. This is not about you. I'm Mark Watlington. And uh, I'm Chad Oliver. That was the kids <laughs> rustling in the back. Oh, I, I was doing <laughs> oh, oh, right. Well, no, we, were done with the, we were done with our part of the scene. Um, Dash, Vi, you can come out. <laughs> okay, so. <clears throat> what good writing, I'm, though? I'm, I'm trying really to good writing. Really good writing. Uh, let me explain the podcast real quick, and then <laughs> let me talk about what just happened. So this is Best Pictures. It's the podcast yeah. where we pick our movie for, or pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. We took turns doing that, et cetera, et cetera. Last week it was Mark's, now it's mine. We may have new listeners, and this is a great way to hop them in. Um, but but so this week we're talking about my pick, which is The Incredibles, which uh, that wonderful scene was just from. Um, I normally can't fucking stand it 
when I'm watching a movie with somebody and they've seen it a million times and they like say every line and act it out because it's annoying. I'm just trying to watch the movie, right? Yeah. I knew basically every word of this movie. I realized as I was watching it. No, I I too have like seen this movie so many times. Sorry, I got a mouthful of food. I shouldn't talk on the podcast right now. Terrible, (laughs) terrible, terrible, terrible. But like. Yeah, I even reading through the scene, like I barely had to read it. Like I kind of knew the intonations and like the, yeah, 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 yeah. Ugh, I know this movie backwards film. and forwards. It's 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 yeah. weird. It's a masterpiece. We'll talk about it later. Um, Mark and I have a very specific element of this uh, movie that we're going to talk mm. about, which will be fun later. Yeah. But before we can even get to that, we've got to talk mm-hmm. about. Dashing our happy asses up to the megaplex and uh, hey. seeing what we're uh, seeing what we're seeing there. Yeah. Um. Let's start with you, Chad, because I think you saw well, the smallest film. Well, I saw a really great film, so I imagine it's only downhill from here in the um megaplex. Sometimes I wonder why I do this show section uh i saw the movie downhill uh it's a remake uh-huh. uh what is the name of the movie cody force, force majeure force majeure i've not seen force majeure i've heard it's incredible um it's a good flick yeah but i saw downhill and i really liked it um it's been kind of critically panned people don't really like this movie um and i've a pant may be too strong a word i think of what i've seen mostly is a lot of critical shrugging does that make sense the shrugging though comes out to about like a 15 to 20 percent rating on on rotten tomato so like you look at the system but yeah um basically everyone agrees that the original is better i can't speak Mm -hmm. to that i've just seen downhill um and I loved it. I mean, Julia Louis-Dreyfus gives like a performance that like is going to go ignored, but maybe shouldn't. She's great. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's a pretty poignant and like specific movie about like, you know, a family that just like everything comes to the surface after like an event happens. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, the execution was great. I'm a big fan of these guys. They made the, the Way Way Back, Jim Rash and Nathan... Ah, uh, blanking on his name. Faxon. Faxon. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really liked the movie. I thought it was effective. I thought it was very funny, very awkward, very cringy in like a very intentional way. Um, I just think Will Ferrell's miscast. Um, That's the big thing I've heard about the movie, yeah. actually, is like he's he, kind of insanely miscast. He's not bad. He's just kind of doing the Will Ferrell thing. And like the character is not written to be as stupid as he seems to be playing it. Like I, right. I, yes, I my little brother put on his letterbox or maybe he just told me that he thought Sam Rockwell would be a better cast. And he's worked with these guys before and, and uh, the way, way back. And I kind of agree, like just to have this guy who's like extremely likable, but just like flawed and kind of selfish. Um, yeah, would be a better I think pick. I still, I think I still would have liked to see, some like a, a comedic actor, which Sam Rockwell, yes, he's mm-hmm. done a lot of comedic acting, but I still think I would like someone more like a Will Ferrell, just maybe not literally. Yeah, Will Ferrell, like uh, I, don't know. I think Jim Gaffigan would be an interesting choice for this movie. Not that he does a ton of acting. No, um, trying to think who else. And this is all like Will Ferrell isn't a bad actor. He just was wrong for this role. Is the thing right? 
Um, actually, Ben Stiller probably would have been Stiller. The good choice. He would have been great. Truly, he's the guy yeah. that was in Blockers and Suicide John Squad. Cena. No. John Cena. No, no, but the I know the comedian the John Cena. Uh, I literally Ike holds is who you're thinking yes, of, but he's too you. young. Yeah, probably. A little okay, too well, young. recast the lady then. Uh, but yeah, I'd uh, I'd recommend never. seeing it um, downhill, but. Uh, it sounds like you could probably just also watch the original and um, possibly get more out of it. I don't know. The The original, I think, is a very good movie. I have a hard time with comedies in a foreign language. So mm, the yeah, time, hum- Because like people say the original timing. is funny. Yeah. I never really got the humor part of it. I gotcha. got the good emotional, good story I was telling mm-hmm. and liked it because of that. I never really... Uh, but th- but that's on that's not the movie's fault really like that's that's on me they're not making it for an yeah. audience of Americans right um, I, I, so, I'll also say Zach Woods is very good in this movie he's very Zach funny. Woods is very good yeah. in general I want him to be in more things me too he's uh, good he's in Avenue Five which is a show I watched oh, two episodes of and I was need, like uh, mm, oh is it not good I don't love it yeah okay I don't love it maybe I won't it's watch. there's too much TV too, so maybe I won't watch it. But. There's a little too much happening in it. I see. I don't know. I I may it may be a show that people say is great, and I revisit once season two hits. You know, something like that. I don't know. Um. So when I went to the Megaplex, oh. I walked up to the um the counter, slapped mm-hmm. a fiver on the counter, and said, "I want to see one of them dog pictures." And they led me <laughs> to see. It cost you five dollars. Walked up to and you were like. Whatever yeah, cats I is, I want to see the opposite of cats. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they gave you I, dogs. I saw Call of the Wild. The movie's yeah. fine. It, it's, it? it's really not bad. It's it's a lot better than I think people think it is. Um, Having not seen it, I think it's really bad. <laughs> Just, it's not really bad. Okay. It really is not really bad. It is a fine movie. Mm-hmm. Just like... It is. It would be good on a plane. It's good to watch with your mom. It's a Sunday afternoon. What's on TV or on Disney Plus kind of movie? Like it's. I, will, I once watched A Million Ways to Die in the West with my mom, and that wasn't uh, good. It's probably better than that. Like it just is. It's it's competently made. I mean, it's directed by someone who did Lilo and Stitch and How to Train Your Dragon. Like so. Yeah. So it's pretty confidently and well directed. The it's it's mostly from the perspective of the dog and because he has an animator's background there's some actually like the story works following the dog um harrison ford is not in it all that much which was a little (laughs) shocking while watching it he's had to do Um, so much press for it i guess because he's like the only human like no there's no (laughs) that's what's weird is there's another set of humans throughout the entire first half are there are there humans that are in it more than he is Probably an equal amount. Wow. I wouldn't say more, but probably an equal amount. Do they get anybody big? Like, who is it? Uh, well, Karen Gillum is in it, just not oh, a lot. Okay, didn't didn't know uh, that. And fuck, who is the uh, Dan Dan Stevens, the Beast, Dan and Stevens. the Legion guy? Oh, that guy. Okay, okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> He's in it. Those aren't even the two that I'm talking about that are in it for half the movie, though. They show the, the Dan Stevens and Karen Gillum are just in it for a little bit. Gotcha. Are um, the guys that are in it for like half the movie like kind of no names? I didn't know them. Okay. Um, 
they sort of looked familiar, but I didn't really know them. Um, Let me do a little research on this. It's 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 a very charming movie, and I think a lot of people were like, "What the fuck, a CGI dog?" Truly, That's within seconds, you understand why they did it, and yeah. it works. You just have to kind of like roll with it for a second, and then you just accept it. You're never going to really think it's a real dog, but it works for the story they're trying to tell, and the kind of dangerous stuff that they want this dog to do would not be possible with a real dog. Um, it's a good story. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it was very fine, and I think it is worth checking out. Um, the- a hawk from Twin Peaks is in this movie. Yeah. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, like a bird? No, no like no, no. a oh, deputy hawk. from yeah. Twin Peaks. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it's charming. Throw it on when it shows up on Disney Plus in six months. I don't know. But, but I think the interesting phenomena that came about it and it's not you can't even really say it's the Disney machine that works because it's a 20th century studios which that was weird saying at the beginning. Oh, that was um, before uh It's downhill the first 20th too. century studio. Oh, what it was. Yeah. So that uh downhill was the first searchlight pictures. Oh, right. That's what it was. That's right. what it was. That's the first searchlight pictures and this was the first 20th century studios. Yeah, which but is it, I saw searchlight pictures with no fox. Yeah. It, was, it was bizarre. It's, it's very strange. I heard so many people like mumbling in the audience when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> like screen. shut up nerds. Um but like so, a bunch of guys explaining to their girlfriends the uh right. <laughs> the legal drama um, of the Fox right. Disney merger. So it's a 20th century studio, so it doesn't have that inherent, like, bring your kids to it thing. The amount of kids and families at that movie, insane. It just was so many, like, well, little yeah, kids. and the I was CGI like, dog movie. But it, but it just, like, is Like, you know, like, it just is not, like, I think you would appreciate this movie if you're 10 or older, but it mm. was, like, younger than that. This movie has nothing for you. Like, it's a slowly told, well-told story, but, like, there's no jokes, like, in the <laughs> typical kid movie way. Come it's on, there's no, colors. there's no, like, moment where the dog lands on someone and his butt is in the person's face or, like, the, do- not even the dog a farts bit. or... There is not even, like, a little bit of that shit, which is why mm-hmm. the movie is, like, better than you think. Like, it just... I don't know. You're telling me there's um, not one farting dog in this whole movie? No. Fascinating. No. But there are wolves and a bear. Do the does the bear um, fart? Nope. The bear's very does, scary. Does the like, bear sit on a person on their face? Nope. <laughs> no, but no animal butt stuff. Interesting. Does Kids, anyone like wake like, up from a dream thinking that they're kissing someone, but it's the dog? Nope. <laughs> the, there is one part where um, Harrison Ford is like, "You've been." sleeping in my bed like the dog had taken his bed and then there's one part where a dog is getting in a tent with a couple and he pushes one of them out while trying to make room for himself like that's that's it like you know it's not the like yeah i don't know like this dog's trying to fuck (laughs) yeah um the movie is a lot better than you think it is but it is not for little kids and so what was funny is we were leaving another movie that we saw this weekend and we were passing by two little girls and their mom and grandma and the kids just kept asking about onward as the <laughs> the mom and grandma were taking them in call in the wild and they were yeah. like when does that come out and they were like well next week and they're like oh we want to see that one and it's like <laughs> yeah 
Of course you do. Yeah. You don't want to see grizzled old Harrison Ford cry about losing his wife and son uh, in a shack by himself in I, Alaska and I, a dog is his only friend. I do want to see that, but I would like for the dog to not be a cartoon. I'm telling you it works better than you think it does. Okay. You have a hard time with CGI sometimes, so maybe not. But yeah. it you just have to roll with it. It's... It makes sense from the minute it starts why it's a CGI dog. You could not do it with a real dog. Uh, so you guys just check it out on streaming. I, I, I it, think you sure. would like it well enough. Does it end with Harrison Ford looking directly to the camera and saying, the thing we should have learned from this is that dogs are not cats? No. No? Mm. Okay. That would have been a good no. ending, though. Hmm. It, it does end with him talking about the call of the wild, obviously. Oh, hell yeah. Uh-huh. And he says the name yeah. of the movie? Nope. Oh, he says, come on. and he answered. He, it says, and he answered the call, and then it cuts. But it cuts good. To the, it cuts to the title. Like it doesn't cut to black. It goes like the call of the wild. Like the title card. I think it goes to black and then says the call of the wild. Okay, yeah. that's some good shit right there. It's good. It's good. I, I'll take. And you're that. just seeing swi- like sweeping vistas of Alaska as it does. Mm. Guys, the movie Give me is those truly vistas. <laughs> It is truly better than you think it is. I know I sound like I'm overhyping it, like saying it's an incredible movie. It's not, but it's like a double. You know, it is just a very pleasant kind of sure. mid-budgety type of movie. And I don't know. I'm not have mad you, that it exists. Have you watched Bogo yet on Disney Plus? Togo? Togo, yes. yeah. Togo is better. Okay, I was going to um, ask. Togo is better. Better, but they're doing kind of different things. I yeah, mean, Togo's a real dog the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Willem Defoe. Dafoe's like very serious in it, and mm-hmm. like, but I think they're closer than I would have expected going into Call of the Wild. I I expected sure, to walk sure. into Call of the Wild like fucking hating it, and I walked out and I was like, that was pleasant, a good yeah. use of time. Yeah, it's not that long. Anyway, let's talk about the great movie. Yeah, the very, very good one. <laughs> the best picture recommends of the week, which Downhill was as well. We need to be yeah. better at remembering to say that. Yeah, Downhill, um, I recommend it. Um, but I guess I also just kind of recommend Force Majeure because it sounds like that's better. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, Call of the Wild is not a best picture recommends, but it is a Sunday afternoon sleepy <laughs> recommends <laughs> or a, a flight recommends or would my mom recommend. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, Mark, what'd you see? What did all three of us see? <laughs> what did what? What is the one movie we all three saw? I uh, I saw The Invisible Man. No, you didn't. Oh, um, well, <laughs> no. I actually I haven't mentioned this to you guys yet. There was like a, this weird technical glitch when I saw it. I think that kind of like Cats, they sent it in with like the visual effects not done yet. Uh, anytime yeah. that the Invisible Man was supposed to be on screen, there was just a guy in a green morph suit, like stabbing people, <laughs> or just like sitting in chairs. Uh, okay. It was much less scary than I expected. Okay, pa- pause on the Invisible Man for a second, because uh, sure. this just gave me an idea. You know, in Spider-Man: Homecoming, no, sorry, Far From Home, when don't the- know her. What? <laughs> I said I don't know her. <laughs> talking about the movie i don't know it mark's or chad's been off of twitter for a couple weeks he doesn't understand teen slang i was saying it was a joke saying i don't know the movie i know the movie okay keep going so spider-man far from home uh (laughs) mysterio is wearing the like motion tracker suit right because it's like Uh because he is a vfx villain 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why has that not become like a thing where people do like Shia LaBeouf in the green screen? People like played with that because it was just like right there begging to be played with. Why have people not taken like he's got this tracking suit? They could make him look like anything. That's well, I think how the tracking works. suit's a lot harder than green screen. It is. It is less accessible for sure. But yeah, that, that'd be you a fun. You also have meme. to have the actual feedback from all of the parts of the suit he's wearing. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. I thought yeah, you could just read it of off the of the. Yeah. Uh, it's not anyway, like green screen where my... you like completely replace it. Can okay. we go back to my bit where I said that I saw the Invisible Man and all of the Invisible Man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fun, fun bit. Um... <laughs> you want to talk about the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, there's a man that's invisible. That uh, sounds scary to me. Uh, I like it. I don't know. Uh, I look. It's great. I've been a Lee Wan L fan since Upgrade. You heard me talk about Upgrade a lot. No, Mark. Last tell, year or two years tell ago. Tell your truth. Insidious. You liked Insidious. You've liked him since then. Oh, yeah, because Insidious, Insidious Chapter 3 was his first director movie. Well, he directed he that, but he wrote, in, he wrote all yeah. the Insidiouses, and well, he's in them. He is oh. um, He is one of the two like camera guys that helps the old lady. Oh, cool. I <laughs> yeah. forgot cool. that. I don't love the Insidious movies. Oh, yeah, I, I, do, I do. I do Contra like Saw. Um, Saw is a good movie. He's also in Saw, I think. He, oh, is he? Does he play like a cop or something? He's definitely in the short. He probably is in the first one. Gotcha. I don't know. Saw is great. Um, and, Book of you know, Saw. He's like an amazing horror writer. He wrote most of the first couple Saw movies and then the Insidious movies, apparently. Yep. And then Upgrade, which is great, and I talked about it on the podcast, I'm sure, at some point. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, just it was like a scrub picky. through all of the 2017 episodes. It was a picky nominee. Yeah, yes. right. Um, and this kind of had a lot of that same uh, stuff that he does. Like a yeah, lot of there's the same... a there's a scene where uh, Elizabeth Moss's character is fighting the Invisible Man, and a lot of the camera work in that fight scene reminded me a lot of like the action and upgrade. Where yeah, like there's she one... like has like a, a loss of control, just like his character was just like being controlled by the robot in his brain. Yeah. Um, and there's that's one like not big necessarily fight even a yeah a directing thing, which is an acting thing. But I think he's just really good at getting the character to just behave like they're being controlled by someone else mm-hmm. in, a, yeah. in a really great yeah. way. Like this movie was made for eight million dollars, which is like nothing at all. What? Did you know that, Cody? That's insane. Eight no. million dollars That's a paranormal activity budget. Yeah. That's like less than a lot of the paranormal activity movies. And got. it's not like this movie doesn't have special effects because it does. No, it, it does. does. Yeah. I imagine that like uh, there are only like two huge actors or one huge actor in it. Um, right. Elizabeth Moss. Uh, the cop the cop guy. Aldous Hodge does like okay, yeah. but he's not getting Elizabeth Moss money. No, yet. no. But like Storm Reed actually probably gets a decent paycheck actually. Because uh, wa- she's the girl from Wrinkle in Time. And right. Stuff. Yeah. It's just crazy. Uh, you have to imagine that a lot of the actors took pay cuts, and the director yeah. also took a pay cut because like eight million dollars is nothing. Like no, you can't you can't wild. shoot a scene with Iron Man for eight million dollars. Here's the here's the thing. Of course, it was eight million dollars. This is how the Dark Universe should be being made. Dark yeah. Universe shouldn't have a fucking hundred and fifty million dollar budget. <laughs> like it shouldn't. Like and this proved it. I think I didn't know yeah. it was that low. I knew it I was mean, a lower budget. But it's like, really the, helpful when your villain is invisible. 
Yes. Right. For right. most of the but movie. But also, like, spoilers, I guess. Towards the end, you start to see the Invisible Man a little mm. bit. But yeah, it's not it's like so you good. you see him, but like he's like I, glitching out of invisibility. Yeah, I love that design. Love on that. it. Karen. It's love so it. it's yeah. so good, and the effects on that had to be really intense. Yeah. Um, I love that it was a tech approach to it. Like I didn't yes. really expect that fully, but obviously, like it's tech and science that turns him invisible in every version. But it being literally like a suit was kind of like, and cool. I, it's yeah. not him that's invisible. It's like the suit that's invisible. I, the ending, like the only thing I didn't love about the movie is that the ending got a little bit like. I don't know. I feel like it didn't end as cleanly as I wanted it to, mm, which is like it did for me. Something, it something. Did work, no, it I, I think that the me. the very end was great, but mm. like the twist that they try to pull, I thought was a little bit like. Oh, I loved it. Almost, almost too much, and I can. I almost feel the same way it. about about uh, upgrade. Where I like the end, I'm like, okay, well, let's just like. Okay, I agree about the you. ending upgrade of upgrade. Is a little but, is a little wild, but for me, this all works. Is like it being a movie about a guy who's like gaslighting, and he he wants her to think she's crazy, and he wants her to like feel like and she. He needs does that him. for everyone in his life. Yeah, it so everything about the ending, given that it was a movie about that guy, really worked for me. I just wish the dark universe was still officially happening in mm-hmm. a different capacity. Like I wish it was the Blumhouse dark universe, well, and you have Elizabeth Moss like in the next one because as the alert, it sets it up where it could happen. Yeah, yeah it, it set it up for a future just like the Mummy set up for a future where we have a superhero mm-hmm. themed good. after the yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, the and thing I is, Invisible Woman is a. It is a it oh, is a ver- thing that, that's that. happened. Great, and Aside, apparently, apart like, from Fantastic Four, right? Um, and then apparently, in the mid '60s, there was a version of the Invisible Man that was a good guy. So they've like played okay. with it before. Yeah. But I would love if they kind of just did a Blumhouse like che- small budget mm-hmm. to keep it really scary. Yeah, make it scary because that was a problem with the mummy even right. though i had fun enough in that movie it's not scary yeah. no it's not. it's an action um, movie but if you had some kind of like okay we're gonna do the universal monsters but with a tech twist on all of them oof, mm. i think it'd be good i don't no, know the tech th- twist works on out. all of them but like i don't know i mean do you think there's a world, and I think the answer is no, but do you think there's a world where mummy and invisible man can exist in the same movie universe? I mean, right now we've yes. got two, like the, the Tom Cruise mummy and the Elizabeth no. Moss invisible man. No, no, no. Because no, right no, now no, we've no, got no. two Scientologist spooky Avengers. I know. I mean, <laughs> it could be, no. a fun could be team in the up. same universe, but like Tom Cruise costs $8 million to be in a movie. Right. So like I don't know right. if he would agree to be in a low budget horror movie. Here's right, the thing. like the team up movie would have to be about the budget of the Mummy. Right. Yeah. The thing is, I don't actually need the connected Universal monster <laughs> no, movies. No, of course we even, don't. <laughs> but here's the thing: they were the first connected u- movie universe ever. True. So like, th- there yeah. is precedent for it. Yeah. But. I would almost just rather like, hey, let Universal, let Blumhouse take over the monsters Mm -hmm. and do a new updated take of all of them. Maybe not a tech twist on all of them, but like... Because, I mean, like, you've got, like, Wolfman and, like, 
Oh, Wolfman would be so good. Frankenstein's monster could have a tech approach, sort right. of. Uh, I could yes, see that could. working. Yeah. Um, I could, it kind of has to, right? right? Like you can't have like steampunk uh, Frankenstein anymore if you're going mean, to set it in the that's same. The way you go, and it's a period piece, which is the other right. One but then, if you are doing a shared universe thing, that's when it becomes a little hairy. Well, but he right. could have been hanging out in Antarctica for the past, you know. 100 yep. years or whatever that is kind of canonically mm-hmm. what happens sometimes is like yeah. frankenstein makes it to the modern world um frankenstein's monster anyway they don't have to do that but i want to see a million more movies made like this this is why remakes are sometimes a good idea <laughs> like yeah. a, this movie this, this movie remake, isn't remakes a, as a concept. it's not a like part for part remake of any invisible man story ever right like it's uh, no, not really. Most of the time, I think the movie, which I need to watch them. I haven't yeah. done like all the classic uh, Universal Monster movies yet. But I think most of the time you stay with the guy more. Yeah, he it's does like about go him crazy feeling and, like, invisible. And, yeah. Right. This is the first time it's about being... stay with him a lot more. Yeah. But this, this is was... like the movie for 2020. Like, this right. is what you make now. Yeah, I mean, it's purely from the victim's perspective. Um, and it's like, it's not just like about how scary it would be if an invisible person was chasing you. It's like about trauma and, um, you know, uh, escaping your relationship and being paranoid about, you know, if they're going to come and haunt you down because that's the, the thing that they, the fear that they just put in you, you know, it's like, it's not just a slasher. It's, you know, I, I hate to be the person that's like, it's about something more. But mm-hmm. I feel like there isn't there's a way to do this that's like, oh, they're invisible. How scary is that? Um, but right. this is like pretty explicitly like ab- ab- about the fear of a harmful relationship more right. than the fear yeah. of like a person who's got gone invisible. Because the normal take is like the the power of being invisible gives you anonymity, and like that is, uh, you know. The, the power to be anonymous is, like, too powerful for any person to handle. And it starts to drive them mad. They're like, I can get away with anything, et cetera, et cetera. That makes them go crazy, et cetera. That, yeah, that's typically the route it goes. Yeah. But I, I, I like this I like this take a lot more. I think it's more interesting. Same. I think it's great. I think I, it's incredible. I want... I'm going to watch all the Universal Monster movies. I will ride the Invisible Man ride at uh, Universal Studios. <laughs> Look, uh, if they make if they make like an Invisible Woman movie, then uh, it'd be my second favorite Invisible Woman after Violet, the Incredible Girl. Yeah, I guess we should talk about mm, one of the best movies ever made. Uh, so we'll transition into that. Um, let, let's some, so recently we've been forgetting to talk about the plot until, you know, 30 minutes deep. So let sure. me do the, like a brief plot synopsis of the Incredibles. If people have not seen this film, which I they can't have. even imagine they have <laughs> actually, I had a friend that only watched Incredibles to get ready for Incredibles too. But before that he had not seen the Incredibles. I just, it's, it's, it's hard for me to comprehend. I but know it's, and it's almost harder for me to comprehend people not seeing the Incredibles than people not seeing Pirates of the Caribbean. And it is very hard for me to comprehend anyone who has not seen Pirates of the Caribbean. But no. there are some because they're like, oh, it's too scary. Or I wasn't allowed. Or <laughs> sure. there were ghosts or whatever. So sure. like, I know but, they exist. No, the Incredibles but... is just so deeply ingrained into 
me. And I felt every like to society. Trip I took. Yeah. Like a- every time we were in the car, because we had those DVD players yeah. like in the car. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Like we would grab DVDs and we would try and switch them up each time. But every single time the Incredibles was in there. So every uh, single time. what's the movie about? <laughs> So it is about a family, which is why that uh, <laughs> that that conversation kind of goes along with it. Uh, so in this world, superheroes are banned. It's the 1960s. No more superheroes. It's like the Parr kind of the 1960s. Is, do what? It's not really the 1960s. It, uh, so yeah. I picked up on something in this movie or in this viewing of it that I hadn't picked up before. Uh, somewhat Edna Mode when she's talking about all the superheroes that like get killed by the Cates, where she she, she says something about she says like the dates. she says the date nineteen fifty eight. Yeah, so it, yes. like it's oh, the sixties, yes. like it it's is. The 60s. Yeah, and there's something in Incredibles two that confirms it even more. That's okay. what that's what I remember. Which is thing. wild because there's iPads and stuff, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's whatever. There's also yeah. superheroes. <laughs> But there's like iPads in Star Trek, which was from the '60s. You yeah. know, like that—that that was one of the things yeah. that they got. Okay. Anyway, but um, whatever. So the so the Parr family is in super. Which Star Trek wasn't in the '60s. It was in the I future. Know. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I understand. But what I'm saying is the concept of that. This this movie is. Mark, we have not gotten to our discussion questions yet, but this movie <laughs> okay. plays with retrofuturism. Yeah. And that is what they're doing. <sighs> so, so what's the, the movie Parr about? Fam- <laughs> so the Parr family is in super witness protection, but Bob, the father, is recruited by a mysterious stranger to stop an evil robot in an exotic island. Turns out the robot, the robot, is put there by his Maybe? former biggest fanboy. Uh, Bob gets kidnapped. The rest of the family has to rescue him, and then they save the city from evil syndrome and his evil robot. Um, Ribbit. Yeah, that's that's the motion picture. Um, That's it. All right. So, is it the best movie of uh, <laughs> right. our lifetime? Um, or oh, so it's a, a great movie. Uh, me and Chad okay. have kind of talked about seeing it a million times. Yeah. I saw it when it first came out. Saw it a million times after that. Mark, what was kind of your experience with watching this movie? Um, I mean, I really don't know when I saw it the first time. I definitely watched it as a kid, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't watch it as many times as you guys did. Um, Mm. I still know this movie very well to the point where like this weekend I was like, there was like a bunch of movies that I wanted to watch and this movie is great, but watching it, I was like, I could honestly like, I don't know if I'm going to pick anything up from this time of watching it just because I've watched it so many times and I know it back and forth. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Out of principle, I always record this podcast and rewatch the movie no matter what. I absolutely could have done this episode without rewatching it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like, I watched it two years ago, and again, I think in between that, like, yeah, I, I definitely could. But I think the other reason it's so ingrained in my head is because we had the Incredibles video game for the GameCube. And so we yeah. played it all the time. That was a I hard know, game. That dash was level, little, like right at the beginning of the game, was yep. Hard. Trying to get to school, never got past the dash level. Oh god! <laughs> like I, I, I beat the whole game very quickly. Many, many times. I remember how to beat the Omni Droid. 
Um, I remember like infiltrating the base. Like uh, there was a point where it was like, oh fuck, it's about to be this level. <laughs> like I, I had as I was watching it. Like the thing is, now, like I know movie themed video games are bad and they don't make them anymore. But I think for kids, there's just a certain thing about them. Yeah, there's something. It, I I loved like the Fantastic Four movie adaptation mm-hmm. video game. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that was a fun game for yep. me. Well, just think about how many times on this show we've talked about, like, the video games of movies. The Lord of the Rings video games. The Lord of the Rings ones were important for me, for sure. Um, Me and Cody also played the Lego video game of this. Yes. Uh, Lego Incredibles, which uh, is good. It is good. um, But fantastic. Me and Cody were like, what if we beat this game in, like, a weekend? And it took us, like, 16 hours to get 100% on that game. It kind of didn't take us a while, but... We started freaking the fuck out and fanboying a lot because, like, <laughs> so, you know, like, in Star Wars, you know, there's a, a huge bench of characters you can unlock. Right. In Incredibles, there's not as much. So the super secret characters you start being able to unlock is one character from each um Pixar franchise and then you can also oh, play fun. as the lamp and oh it's <laughs> so good we loved being lightning McQueen that was very mm-hmm. funny every time gotta we gotta go that. fast when we were Dory it was also very funny wow she can um, it's, it's who was the incredible. Toy Story uh, Toy Story was Buzz that, that's, yeah it that was makes Buzz sense, yeah. I think you got Woody from like Toy Story 2 or something though oh okay maybe cool. I can't really remember I, I know you didn't get Mike and Sully. You only got Sully. Mm. Um, you only got Dory. Um, there you was got Merida, um, which was fun. There was another video game that came out like a year or two after the movie, The right. Rise of the Underminer. And that was a game. Non-canonical. Not, not canon anymore. Um, right. So me and my cousin it's a, it's a played legend. through the whole game like in one night. Like we stayed up until like probably 4 a.m. Just like nonstop it, playing the game. It was a co-op game. One person was right. Frozone and one person was Mr. Incredible. And uh, you never changed any other fun. characters. No, it was just the two of them through the whole that thing. That kind of sucks. <laughs> no, it was fun though. It was fun. But I bet it was fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like what's so funny is like, me and my siblings played that game all the fucking time. All of us. Yeah. My parents never got us Rise of the Underminer. And I'm like, why? Because that seems like just a slam dunk. That's a layup for a Christmas I think they just thought gift. it was the same game. I think they just thought it was the same game. I think they saw the cover yeah. and they were like, they already have the incredible. I guess game. at I a certain know. age, you don't track like video game or movie news as much as you do. Like my to you, parents that was like. I don't know if the Incredibles video game was like breaking video game news. Right. No, it wasn't but like sure. Halo 3 was coming out. Yeah. But like my parents have always been slowish on video games. They always have. We did not play even though I talk about video games all the time, it's cuz we had a GameCube and like yeah. we would get some games for it, but like we we weren't hardcore gamer kids getting new games or systems all the time. So, yeah. um but yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> so that's the video games of Incredibles, right. which is truly a huge piece. I of mean, we this all franchise. We me. all love the franchise. I rode the Incredicoaster yeah. recently. It's fun. Now I'm jealous. It's great. I mean, it's <gasps> a reskin of a roller coaster, but it's it's fun. What, it what's is. up, Cody? I'm going to talk about my uh, theme park adjacent Incredibles experience. Oh, so I went on the Disney cruise for my honeymoon, right? Sure. And um, they have events going on all the fucking time. 
one of the events they held in the lobby was called Jack Jack's Diaper Dash. And they had babies yucky. race. <laughs> so they had they they put babies down on one side of a mat and then race them to somebody else. But babies are easily distracted and will just stop in the middle and look around. Of course, they're not athletes. The, it was the funniest, <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen. But whatever baby one got like a Jack Jack doll. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. It was very good. That's funny. Um, yeah, I love Incredibles so much. I mean, it, mm. it really merges so my love of like what, Disney uh, Pixar stuff, but also yeah. superheroes. Um, what also, makes like, this James movie Bond weirdly? Yeah, there's like some James Bond energy in it too. Like the the theme song is like straight up James Bond music, mm-hmm. right? I mean, um, Mark and I the, have been watching a lot of the '60s Bond right now. Yes, and it is a '60s Bond movie. Straight um, up, like just with a w- superhero code on it. Yeah, I was reading that they tried to get the in, before they got Michael Giacchino to do the, the music, which is amazing music. They right. tried to get the guy who did the score to Honor Majesty's Secret Service, Whoa. which is a Connery Bond movie that I have not oh. seen yet. Me and Cody have both been watching through the Connery Bond. No, movies. that's the George Lazenby one. It's not. Oh Sean right, Connery. that's the one Lazenby. Yeah. Um, but like the music just sounds super super Bondy. Mm-hmm. It's like an I mean, evil syndrome, so, like, and his plot are very Bondy. Yes, well, it's like, literally a, there's a literally a Bond layer. girl. Yeah, and yeah, there's a and there's a volcano layer. It's so good. Yeah, it is, so, and it's it's interesting too because we have a certain vision of superheroes now, right? But this like. Yes, there were superhero movies that existed, mm-hmm. but this was before the wave of superhero being the omniculture, right? This right. is a year before Batman Begins comes out. You know, well, yeah, like we had like, like, like Spider Man and we had mm-hmm. X Men. Yeah. Um, we but hadn't even had movie- that Superman Returns movie yet, had we? Or was that no, this year? That's 2005. Uh, the next year. Okay. When was when was Daredevil? I, I feel like Daredevil was around this time. Probably in 2003. Yeah. 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 But th- but the difference is this movie's not reacting to any of those. No. This this movie is about the comic books that Brad Bird read as a kid or yeah. the like Saturday morning cartoons or something. Like that is the superheroes he's type he's tapping into is the um, it's not the golden age because I think that's 30s, 40s, silver age or bronze age or whatever. That yeah. that 60s era where Fantastic, I mean, it's literally like Fantastic Four. Like he's Straight pulling yeah. from early Fantastic Four. I mean, you can um, even like draw direct comparisons to like their power sets uh, other than Dash. Like but Dash, Dash is, is very much a human torch type. Yes, exactly. But he doesn't have fire powers. But everyone right, else is Dash, like the same. <laughs> Right, Dash is Human Torch. Like is, yeah. it just is that, yeah. And then Bob um, is like Reed Richards if he had things, powers. Right. And then mm-hmm. Helen is uh, Invisible Woman if Invisible Woman had Mister Fantastic's powers. Reed's powers, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's why is this movie so good? It's so so. It's Brad Bird who is. Mm, if he made more movies, would probably easily be my favorite director. 
I, I I'm mean, just like he's had some great movies. I mean, he had we a great... talked about the Iron Giant already, mm-hmm. which is my favorite movie. He's got one of he's the best this. Mission Impossibles. Um, yep, probably he's my got... second favorite Mission Impossible. Yeah, I I would agree top with three. that. Yeah, he's he's. What did you say, Mark? Sorry, you. It's a top out. three Mission Impossible. Yeah, I would say it's top two or one. Like I think it's Fallout wow. and then, um, Ro- or what? No, Ghost not Ghost Protocol. Ghost, Ghost Protocol. Protocol. I yeah. think I think that's the rank ranking. And then, um, I agree. Th- then he has two of the best Pixar movies. They're definitely like mm-hmm. within the top five to ten because Ratatouille is also incredible um, and much different than this movie. And Incredibles and 2 is very good, too. I mean, don't forget. Incredibles 2 is awesome. And yeah. guess what? Tomorrowland slaps. Everybody chill out. Tomorrowland Tomorrowland slaps. is a lot of fun. Like, people kind of slept on it. It's got some weird third act stuff uh, where it gets it's a little a hammy. It's not a perfect movie. No, it, it's not a perfect it. movie, and it is not the movie that the trailer sold you even a little bit. No, but it is a very it is a movie I remember with ideas. Being shocked at the like robot violence in that movie, <laughs> like it's it so feels good. very like Shane Black. Like it, it reminded yeah. me a lot of like Iron Man three and uh, and the way it handled well, robot and, violence. And that movie just continues his like obsession with retrofuturism because that is retrofuturism. I mean, that's what Tomorrowland is, yeah. Yeah, that is what Tomorrowland is. Um, Brett Bird's great. I need him to make more movies. Is my only problem. Um, I I think this movie, like the action scenes, are so good. And I mean, if you get to Incredibles two, the action scenes in those are like. Oh, the the action and the spectacle of like the animation in Incredibles 2 is miles Mm -hmm. ahead of this movie. But I think narratively and story, this movie's yes, easily the better movie. I think they're Um, to me they're close, but mm -hmm. it's just so impressive how well the action in this movie is directed, which proves how good of a director Brad Bird is. Like it's so he's great, well done. The one thing that like, like dates this movie to me is like the use of lighting and shadows. Like all sure, of the yeah. like characters are like designed really well and their movements are great and the action is directed mm-hmm. really well. But like there's a lot of times where they just seem to like stand out from the background that they're supposed to be in in like a yeah. way because well, they just don't totally have a grasp on the lighting and shadows yet. Right. Well, my wife pointed this out, which kind of proves how much nerdy shit we're watching all the time and how much like behind the scenes shit. But yeah. she basically was like, Incredibles looks like what we see a Pixar work in progress movie now. Yeah. You know, when you see clips for Onward or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it's just the assets kind of like, that's what their finished project was back then is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not as detailed. It's a lot smoother and stuff like that. Um, But at the same time, if you compare the... I mean, it's hard to compare this with Finding Nemo because Finding Nemo is completely underwater. Right. But even if right. you compare this with the humans in Finding Nemo, oh there's, yeah, there's a huge step forward there. Th- that that's the thing. We have gotten a lot much, a lot better in the animation, but I think this movie works so well that the animation, I if I stop and think about it, then I catch it. But it never really distracts yeah, me. Yeah, it, it doesn't ever. I'm so in it, it doesn't ever like bother me. Like that's not really how I right. watch. 
movies. It's just like a testament to how far they've come now, I think. Yes. Uh, I think the other reason that really makes you forget about any of that stuff, too, is... <laughs> I kind of said this about Iron Giant, which maybe, again, shows you how good of a director Brad Bird is that he can yeah. get this performance out of voice actors. But it, this is maybe one of the best acted voice acting movies I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, uh, the whole, like, the, the argument scene, we, we just acted out at the beginning of this movie. And, like, really anything between Helen and um, Bob is just awesome there's that moment when like helen is pretty convinced that bob is cheating on her because she finds like the hair on his Mm -hmm. uh, suit she listens in on the call and she like comes out to say goodbye to him in the car and just like the shakiness Mm -hmm. in her voice and like yes she's so timid it's so it's such a good performance Um, i think holly hunter won the annie this year deservedly yeah, um, she should have. There really should be yeah. an Oscar category for voice acting. Like we we did it, we do it on the pickies Which is, with the voice acting and mocap, but right, we do that really because should. they don't. And movies like this prove how much of a skill it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Helen Hunt uh, or Holly pff, Helen Hunt Holly Hunter is giving a wonderful performance, like incredible performance. As yeah. is Craig T. Nelson. You believe everything Craig T. Nelson says. Mm-hmm. Jason uh, Jason Lee a syndrome. Holy shit, like the entitled fanboy, like in an era where that was a thing because it was post Phantom Menace, but it wasn't as bad as it was going to get. Like what a good character. (laughs) What a fully realized character. Yes, it's all syndromes. (laughs) Um, But the other thing is Brad Bird as Edna Mode is so good. Like that is, I, I, it's, crazy how iconic so much of this movie is and how specific of a choice the Edna character is Mm because it's not like that really has an analog in anything else no I can't think of anything yeah yeah so I guess there's that bond influence but like not to that like cartoonish of a level Uh, I also don't have the same relationship as Q no I think it's this movie is also so good at like comedy without undercutting any moments it's comedy no. that is character based it is com it is also action that is character based like everything this movie works because it's focused on these characters and i think every beat of the story works with the characters the the it, it it could be such a fucking hacky joke for when they crash down in the rv and they're yelling about directions that scene could come off as cheesy no, or worse than it's it is so, but it's it so works good. Yeah, I was going to bring yeah. that one up specifically about comedy that works because it's these characters arguing like in a way that they would. Like, should I right. do Traction or Seventh? Like, no. Nah, nah, nah. Right. It's such a... Like, I've, I've been in the backseat of that car so many times yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, and now, hey, I've even been at the driver's seat of that car now. Hey, yo. I feel like... I feel like Brad Bird is doing like a Coco Chanel is the is like the close, yeah. closest or like mm. a Zsa Zsa Gabor like just yeah. like a like a f- fashion icon. Yes. Um, best Picture alumni is Holly Hunter and Samuel L. Jackson. She's in O Brother. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and then bonafide. Um, <laughs> She's bonafide. John Ratzenberger. I think those are the only three. 
I keep forgetting Ratzenberger, even though I should know we've covered Pixar movies. So. He literally, like, you think you're going to get through one without one, and then he shows up as the underminer, and you're like, right. there he is. Can we talk about how good the ending of this movie is? Like, they, they so fight the good. Omnidroid, and then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, that was good, awesome. But yeah. that's not it. Yeah. Th- then it's the scene where they have to go save Jack-Jack from Syndrome, and uh-huh. again, Holly Hunter, MVP, that moment when she's... Uh, this uh, <laughs> this is what happens when I really like a movie. I start just grunting and losing, like uh, how to express <laughs> it. But like, yeah, the well, just try. the way that story is told <laughs> without fully explicit details of Kari is just calling and le- leaving more and more frenzied messages, mm-hmm. and then she gets <laughs> and then a one calm very one. calm, like everything's fine, and, and and that makes Helen be like what the fuck and they realize Mm -hmm. what happened and then the throw me bob throw me bob and then she like yells at him is there any precedent in the is there any precedent in the fantastic four of mr fantastic turning into a parachute like she so often does or is that something brad bird invented no i am 900 percent positive that it's because she she does that twice in this movie and it's it's great both times but um, also, yeah, she turns good. into a boat, which is fantastic. yeah. Let's talk about the boat. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> there was that with, meme. with Dash as the motor. I'm trying to remember what the meme was of this scene, like a few years ago. But this image of like Dash just grabbing onto his mother's ass and like kicking the water, <laughs> and Violet just like bummed out. <laughs> this, this movie sitting has... on her mom. <laughs> it's such a <laughs> this bizarre it's scene. Weird. Th- this movie has a lot of horny people around it remember that like yeah. reviewer who got in a lot of trouble because he's like i can't yep. concentrate it was for incredibles too but he was like mm-hmm. i can't can concentrate on this movie because that ass too fat which is like i mean here's the thing up. but here's it the is thing. who cares shut up there's literally a scene in this movie where she walks by a mirror mid like mission walks by a mirror and she and looks pauses ass, to check out yeah. her ass yeah which i think she, she i think i think in context it might be her thinking that she has like too big of an ass. But yeah, I also that's think it the might thing. Is like she's put on some weight herself. I also think it might be her admiring herself in the new suit. Yeah, I I think it's like, is the new suit fitting me well? Like, I don't think it's a hypersexualized moment. No, it, to uh, me, it's it, it always it read as be. like she's gained some weight since her Elastigirl days, and like she's yeah. self conscious about the way she. But hey, I think she looks great in the in the new suit personally. Another fun fact about this movie, it is the first PG-rated Pixar movie. Yeah, so I the th- and I I think this is the most mature a Pixar movie has ever been. Like you deal with like Oh, what makes you say that? A uh, suicide at the beginning of the movie yeah. and it being a failed suicide and, <laughs> and him, him being getting upset sued about, it? about like yeah, the the duped suicide attempt i mean there's that there's like the implied like affair with um Uh uh-huh what's Uh her name mirage and uh Uh, is it just insurance him being an insurance salesman (laughs) in general like i love his boss too just being like i don't care about their policies (laughs) just like couldn't be more like corrupt yeah but also um, i feel like it's the first pixar movie to be an action movie you know what i mean yeah the rest were like comedies or like road movies but this is like straight up a superhero movie which is in the action movie category and then there's like there's drinking in this movie like uh, bob has a mimosa at one point 
point and there's like yeah, the, has scotch at one point the uh the like minions are like in the rv at the hangar mm-hmm. and they're like yeah. hey they say there's some line that's just like you can blink and you miss it kind of line but one of them says something like eh, take a shot every time like a civilian dies or something oh, something like yeah. that as they're like watching the robot uh terrorize the city um it's um yeah, I thought it's, it's very was, grown up i thought there was language in it but there's not I there's thought no there was, there's no not. dams or anything oh no because helen says darn you <laughs> yeah i thought they said hell at one point um incredibles 2 does say cuss oh, words they do a cuss uh i'm pretty sure they say damn in that movie because i was oh. like oh wow Damn, like yes. not that it's not that it's bad. I'm just saying, like it kind of yeah. struck me of like children's movies oh, are like, yeah, you expect certain things. But. but but the thing is, these movies are not really treated as. Kids yeah, I movies, mean, I guess why the, they're so good. The argument is that it's a family movie, right? Because it's like it is yeah. about a family, and like the kids are going to gravitate more towards like Jack Jack or not Jack Jack, right. but da- Dash, and like his yeah. his jokes. Uh, and then the adults are gonna like you know have to confront some demons in their own marriage as they uh, <laughs> watch Bob right. and Helen fight. Well, and I also think it's like it's pretty intensely violent. The cape yeah. scene, especially, is played for laughs, but it's like hyper violent. <laughs> like six people die in a montage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like then you like see the bones like of Gazer Beam and like yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, like um, death is, and like even just the way like Helen sits down her kids and explains to them like these bad guys aren't like the bad guys in the Saturday morning cartoons. They will kill you if you get the chance. Like, right. It. Yeah. It's like kind of scary as a kid to like watch that mm-hmm. and be, realize like, oh, no, they're these are bad dudes. Like there is a danger here. Like it takes itself very seriously in that way. I've all also always found the scene where so bob is like getting tortured or whatever and then Mm. he he gets out or whatever and he's like about to choke out mirage yeah i've always found Mm -hmm. that scene so like whoa like compelling Mm -hmm. but like oh my god because he just has like you see him pushed over the brink and you're like oh this is not the laughing because he thinks he's like he thinks his family is yeah, dead he thinks his family's scene. dead. And he and says, like, he like I could gets... snap her in half like a toothpick. It would be easy. The way he, right. like, just says that. And, like, he, yeah. Well, and then Syndrome being like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, it's good. It's, it's like, it's very, so, very good. so grown up. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I think it's just no, trusting the audience and trusting the characters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel out of character for Bob, even though we see goofy laughing Bob through most of it. It yeah, doesn't feel out of character yeah. for his family to him think his family to be gone. And he turns dark a bit. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the, um, the teaser trailer for this movie? It's just him, like, not being fat and not fitting in his suit. Yeah, right? he's trying to put on the suit, and then the belt won't fit around his waist. And it keeps, like, flying yeah. around the room. And, yeah. And that's the whole that, that's the whole teaser. That's Pixar teasers for you. Literally, yeah. like, never scenes from the movie. No. And like, always Frozen kind was of like, look bad. Frozen was like Olaf, and the, hey, the reindeer was trying to eat The Frozen his, teaser was bad. I remember hey, Cody being like... It's not Pixar. That's true. That's yeah. why I was yelling at you guys. Yeah. 
I remember me and Cody watching the trailers for Frozen and being like, so it's like a snowman? Yeah. Is that the thing it? is, animated movie trailers in general tend to not be that good because they just show the kid joke parts. Um, there, there's yeah, been many last movies. Last year, you really liked that movie about the sno- abominable, abominable snowman. Was it that one, Abominable? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But that trailer looked like garbage. It just did not right. look good. Which, which happens a lot with animated movies, and they do tend up being okay. Um, yeah. I'm trying, like, I think they're, like, Spider-Verse may be the exception to the rule where that teaser looked awesome, but I yeah, think yeah. most of the time. They were, they were, like, ditching out, like, they, they already showed the upside-down shot, and right. it looked But cool. I also think that with Spider-Verse, like, the animation style of that movie was so different that, like, you could have shown me any scene yeah. from that movie, and I would have been into it. Yeah, hey, the style how, alone was compelling enough for sure to like get. Remember me a how there's a Spider Verse scene at the end of Venom? You guys ever think about that? Oh As yeah, that was the. Is it's the implication from the movie is the implication that the MCU and Venom all exist in the Spider Verse multiverse. multiverse? Yes, no, it is I think because it says I think that's Sony's idea. Yeah. Because before they cut to that scene, they say, "Meanwhile, in another." Spider-Verse. They do. Yeah. They do. Um, it's dumb. Anyway. Man. Um, Incredibles is good. I we could was cross si- over a, what's his name, Jake Johnson, Peter Parker into the MCU at some point. The world is open where you could do that. You could. Um, so, speaking of big universes, it's kind of crazy there's only two of these movies and it took so long for there to be a second one. I was sitting watching this movie thinking Disney Plus seems to be chasing after content and it's taken a while for things you, to show up a little bit. You want bit. a TV show. But not about the Parr family. Like oh. if you did a like golden age 40 set era of the like golden age yeah of i think if you have like a gazer beam tv show or like right i don't think it needs to be about mr incredible or mrs incredible they can show up periodically but i think you pick a new hero and just have them interact with all the heroes in that universe that'd be fun yeah, like a justice league kind of thing that'd be interesting i think I'd that brad it. bird is very protective of this of his characters mm-hmm. uh, i mean he's the only like he's the only director who's like sole director and sole writer of his own Pixar movies. Right. Um, like that's only happened three times and it's his three movies. And I, I think that, you know, he's the one who decided that it should be 16 years, 17 right. years between 14. incredible movies, whatever. Um, and I think that, you know, he probably wouldn't let his characters be on the TV show, but I, I imagine that he'd be okay with like, you know, you, um, you might call him, you might call him a Pixar tour. <clears throat> you could. A Pixar yeah, tour. Uh, the, the other thing about Brad Bird is he's the only outside person who's ever directed a Pixar movie. Everybody else yeah. is an in-house Pixar person who like works you know, up the ranks or were there when they started. That's a good point. You you might even call him a, a Pixar tour. Yeah, except you wouldn't because, like I just said, he didn't work at the company like the rest of them. Andrew Stanton, Pete Doctor, Pixar Tours. He who must not be named. Well, but those Pixar Tour. That's not what a tour means. Yeah. Well, no, I know it's not what a tour means, but it is what Pixar means. So if you're going to do the poor manteau yes. where you drop Pixar into it, well, yeah, but, but like it, the, he's the only like a tour filmmaker 
who's done a Pixar so, movie. So he's like Jack, a I Pixar tour. Is, the thing is, the thing is, I don't agree with that though, it, because I think Andrew Stanton and Pete Doctor both very much are, um, oh. as well as is. Lassiter. I mean, um, you, you kind of literally did just say that he's the only like writer director who's done like. Uh, no, I well, said he was the only outside director. He was the only director who didn't work at Pixar. But he's also and came in. Look, Pixar tour is coined by me, and it applies to Brad Bird and Brad Bird only. And I'm no. gonna stand by that. And you cannot Andrew hijack Stanton my word. Andrew Stanton directed <laughs> John Carter. Um, but. <laughs> But has not written and directed solo yeah. any Pixar movie. That's the difference. Oh, that's the all, argument. All tours yeah, have he's a like Pixar tour. Con- have pure creative control. And the thing is, animation is weird. Him getting sole credit for those are a little debatable in the first place because it's just kind of not how animation works. I mean, it's not really um, how filmmaking works. Too. I mean, well, not, not to be like an asshole, true. devil's advocate, but like, uh, I mean. You could give Quentin Tarantino all the credit in the world for like his movie, but at the same time, Kill Bill does not work without Uma Thurman, you know, doing but her part. Cody, like a cinematographer doing their part. You right. Know? Um, the, Brad Bird was very picky about this movie sticking to his storyboards. Right. And true. it was it was his like his script idea from before Iron Giant. Right. Um like he he fully wrote this movie and yeah, had a very get, like, very heavy hand in the directing uh to the point where like when people were like we can't do x scene because it's too hard to animate there's like only one or two exceptions of him like actually being okay with changing anything right and the right. one exception is like one form of jack jack like jack jack was going to turn into goo and they couldn't figure that out um so yeah. he took out a form of jack jack yeah, he does get sole written credit. Um, most of the time, the other people get listed on story and something else. I mean, you yeah. guys are right, but I but I think for animation a lot more, they are all working on storyboards and stuff. But yes, Brad Bird probably did yeah. full have a hand on this. Ratatouille is the exception for him doing that because he kind of came in to direct that movie yes. as oh, a favor to some degree. But um, I think he still has a writing credit there. He does. He does. Because, I mean, I don't know. Again, animation is weird. Um, Pete Doctor is in charge of Pixar now, which is interesting. I wonder. I don't have any more thoughts other than that's interesting that um, he's now in charge of it. I wonder if he'll bring Brad Bird back ever to do anything. So we've been saying nothing but good things about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, let's bring it down we vote. To, like a, to a level. Uh, I would give this movie four and a half stars. I don't think it's a perfect what five a star movie. Bitch. Because I don't like the scene with the the big sticky balls. I've never liked it. I, like I that love scene. that scene. I, I love I've that scene. Never liked it. I don't know why there's big I, sticky balls. Don't like the scene. Oh. Everything else I love perfect. It. That one scene. I love it because eh. I've never seen anything like it. And I just was like, whoa, what the fuck is that? Like, I like it because of that. It's weird. It's, also, it's weird. It's sticky and it's heavy and I don't like it. Oh, I love it. I like it. I mean, I, I think it's cool how like just through the animation, you can tell that those balls are uh, incredibly heavy. And I like, like how they like grow bigger. And uh, yeah, I've cool. seen some big heavy no, balls in my day. It's, but... it's scary when they grow bigger and I don't like that. 
Uh, and it's weird that they're sticky, that they're so sticky. I don't know. It no, seems like a good. weird security system and I don't like it. Not I love practical it. it's, at all. It's, it's weird bond shit again. Like, I don't know. Yes. Close yeah, the it, blast it, doors, shoot him with a trank dart. Don't, don't shoot sticky balls at him. What are you it's doing? It's like containment. It's like the idea Contain is Contain him with a strong. net, Cody. Use a net. You think a net would work against Mr. Incredible? Uh, yeah, I don't know. exactly. Maybe I rest my case, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> I think this is basically a a really heavy, movie. a really heavy net. You so, Cody, you say that it's perfect, but do you think it's better than Shaun of the Dead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do. that's fair. Uh, yes, I also I think it's better than Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> I, Here's I, my I don't thing, know though. that I really have to explain why either i think it's pretty clear yeah. how, what i like about this movie and i i didn't yeah. necessarily like diss on Shaun of the dead too much last episode but i just think i think that movie's like fine and good mm-hmm. and i think this movie's a masterpiece and i think Shaun of the dead fulfills a certain type of movie yeah. that is good this um, movie it's, it's interesting right now, it's but two, this movie's it's it's great. two two movies in a row that take like a pre-existing genre and do play in the sandbox in interesting ways um and which then so incredible third movie incredible does it in a way that's like it feels more timeless and like Shaun of the dead feels more tied to early yes. 2000s cinema and i think it's because it's not about superheroes of the era it's just about the concept of heroes and the concept of bond and family it's a family Um, movie isn't responding to a genre that had already kind of grown tiresome at the time right that's the thing people keep talking that superhero fatigue is going to happen we have had superheroes for i mean technically thousands and thousands of years if you want to count like the greek gods and stuff but literal superheroes like superman for the past hundred years like they're not going anywhere kevin smith's bullshit about how like years from now cap picking up milnir will be like the new bible like the new jesus yeah that's dumb <laughs> it's so i think it'll be you a powerful cinematic because kevin smith said it Right. I think it'll be a powerful cinematic moment <laughs> still, but I don't think it will be. Yeah, no. Yeah, but um, like, it's, come on, it's Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's different. Su- superheroes are not going away, and I think the zombie craze definitely did, like you said, Mark. Like I, I mean, it's still here, but it's not as huge, whereas like the superhero genre... It's only gotten it bigger, will, and it's like... I don't know that it will ever be small again. I mean, we're entering a year where there will be, like, multiple TV shows and movies from Marvel Studios, and DC is, like, really launching this, like, animated TV show universe, and, like, their TV universe is like, just had the biggest crossover event, like, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we're in the age of, like, more superhero content than ever. And it doesn't seem to be slowing down. It's weird. No. No. Because I didn't Which expect it to last this long. When Avengers 1 happened, I kind of thought, well, that, that's it. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we did no, the team up movie. Away. Things are comics now. And TV is comics and movies are TV. And <laughs> we're all quibbies. What, so, Mark, <laughs> what is your... Uh, uh, is this better than Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, I'm voting. I would vote for this. Yeah. We got a unanimous okay. picky. 
There we yeah, go. It's been a minute. A U P. Um, so up. Let's wrap it. What? <laughs> Shut it's up. A, it's a it's a U P. It's up. It doesn't matter. Shut up. Um, <laughs> what? Where? Uh, let's wrap the show up. Uh, Chad, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Chad A Oliver on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Um, yep, that's where you can find me. Great, Mark. Uh, you can find me at Watlington Mark on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, um, TikTok. I suppose I'm not making. I'm not going to make oh, any yeah. TikToks. You can I, just I go tick. Ahead and, I talk. Uh, that's also Chad A Oliver for me. You can, uh, you you can, can follow me, me but really only if you want to like send me videos. Right. Yeah. That's the only reason I want people to follow me. You can follow me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram uh, and at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. You can follow the show at WePigPicks, W-E-P-I-C-K-P-I-C-S on Twitter and Instagram. Big shout out to our parent network. That might be cool for having us on their network. We greatly appreciate it. Um, shout out as always to our sister podcast, Purely Nostalgia. Chad was just on an episode talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. My fast blue um, son. They're gonna talk about the Rugrats um saga mm. soon. Um, I can't wait for that movie trailer to drop for the new Rugrats yeah. movie. The I live think they action. pushed it back. I don't think it, it, it was supposed to come out it's in twenty twenty one. I think I think yeah. they pushed it back. I saw one uh, um, that it was canceled or delayed yep. or. Yeah. Whatever. I, I know it's they gonna were... happen because there's so no, so much nostalgia for it, but it's not gonna be that original idea. That I mean, had. I know production had already started, just from some inside really? scoop. I've worked on the Paramount lot for work, and I've seen like on the lot where people are working on Rugrats. Oh, it's Paramount. That may be the problem. I keep thinking Paramount's about to be bought out. This can be an off the pod discussion. Sure. My corporate theories. Okay. I think Netflix is about to buy Paramount. I'm Maybe. not entirely confident, but I think they're about to buy a studio of some sort. Um, anyway, so yeah, shout out to Purely Nostalgia because they're covering Rugrats. Um, <laughs> you should also check out Ignite the Spark on the uh, Talk Film Society. We were all guests talking about Star Wars. Um, we also talk about video games connected to movies on those episodes, or at least I did. Um, yeah, find us everywhere, but find us most here because we would love for you to subscribe. And hey, maybe you're a new listener checking us out. We would love for you to rate and subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. We know from listening to other podcasts that supposedly that helps people find you. I think it does. So yeah, you please should go do rate it. and review us. Um, hey, like literally, if you're driving and listening to this podcast, at the next the red light, at the next red light, why don't you leave us a nope. little review? Say like, no, how about? Pull over, pull into the yeah. gas station, pull out your phone. Actually um, do this. Yeah. Do hey, we should have on the last episode been good citizens and told everybody to vote uh, because oh, we all it's have too to late vote now. tomorrow, but it's too late. Hopefully. I voted. I voted on Sunday. Yeah. Me and Mark have to go vote tomorrow. Anyway, um, thanks everybody for listening. And remember, no capes. On 
on the next episode of the Best Pictures Podcast, we'll be discussing my favorite movie for the year of 2004, uh, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You can rent it uh, anywhere you rent things. And if you have stars, you can watch it there for free. But like, I mean, come on. You don't have stars. Your parents might. I mean, yeah, if you got rich parents, yeah, watch it on their stars. One percent of people have rich parents, Chad. I guess that's true. <laughs> it's probably higher than that. Anyway, Jim Carrey again. <laughs>